Hey, it's Clay. Welcome back to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. I want to piggyback off the last episode where I talked about wages and all that. And again, the stars have aligned very conveniently for me as we just got some more data out relatively recently. This actually came out uh, the article, and then uh, you know it comes from the the Bureau of uh, you know the Census Bureau of the United States, but median incomes, meaning pretty much talking about wages, what is the median wage? You know, where does, you know, that middle point lie, right? Think back to, gotta learn about averages and means and modes and all that stuff. So median, remember, is just right in the middle. What is that wage at? And then I wanna kind of piggyback off of that and and share some stories that, you know, I found in articles and and such that have shown people that are on their way to getting there, because that's the median. And my argument for you as a listener is if you're listening to this type of podcast to begin with, then you you know there's something going on in your mind that tells me let, let's get it done. Like let, let's go, let's make stuff happen. What, the victim card, yeah, I'll use that victim card for toilet paper. That's the type of person I envision listening to these types of podcasts. So I don't think it's unreasonable for me to assume that you want to get to this number that I'm about to disclose. But not only that, because that would just make you essentially average. That would put you right in the middle. But you're an above average person. You are not normal. Like I said, listening to these types of podcasts, ah, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a normal thing to do. And I mean that as a compliment. So because you're not normal, then my guess, again, my assumption is that you're looking to get above and beyond what where the middle ground is. Am I saying that, you know, we all need to be up at the, the top, top, top end because the only thing that matters is money? I'm not saying that at all. But I think it's a very basic, a very safe assumption that you're, you know, above average and therefore, you know, the, the median income, the median median wage, uh, you know, you're gonna wanna seek to get up above it. But of course, if you don't have a number to seek after, it's kind of hard to, you know, for yourself to put you a, a plan together that's gonna help you get to a certain spot. I also realized that just because you have a number and because you have a goal, there still needs to be you know, a, a bridge to connect that gap. And that's why, as I alluded to earlier, I wanna talk about a, a couple other different articles that are showing people just making it happen. They're on their way to actually not only hit that, you know, the number, but go quite a bit of ways above it in a relatively short amount of time. So like I said earlier, the article is from September 12th when it was released on CNBC, but they're just citing uh, data that is coming out um, from the US Census Bureau. And the article starts off, if you're a member of the middle class, chances are things are looking up. Median household income, reached a record $61,372 in 2007, up 1.8% from 60,309 in 2016. This marks the third year in a row that median household income has gone up, according to the US Census Bureau, which compiled the data. Going on, just as a kind of a a little nudge for those of you that are um, loyal listeners, I went on a little rant couple weeks ago about uh, you know this uh, woman whose whole premise was hey don't blame the system or don't blame yourself blame the system it's your the system holding you down you can't get ahead and woe is me type attitude and then we have this nice little statistic which is yet another piece of data blowing her whole argument away but the poverty rate also fell for the third consecutive year in 2017 the official poverty rate was 12.3% down from 12.7% in 2016. 
and then skipping down a little bit more, the numbers come as job openings hit a record high in July with almost 7 million openings. Point here though, that number, 61,372, that is the median income, that is the wage. So where do you stand in regards to it? A Little bit of shy, really far away, maybe you're up already above it. If you are up above it, then circling back to my premise that if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're, you're definitely a, a, a beast mode type person, so you're probably saying, yeah, I wanna get that much more above it. Um, and that, that's great too, but $61,372. So that brings, okay, that's the goal, that's kinda where you wanna get, and then of course, above and beyond, but how exactly can you get there? Well, I found this article from uh, online, uh, The Citizen's Voice, and none of this is new. If you search the headlines, especially when it comes to trades, then you'll note that um, it, it's very possible. Sure, you have to learn a trade. Sure, you don't just go to college. And while I'm not saying that a path to get to this area is not college, I'm not gonna talk about a single college thing. I'm talking about how you can get to these numbers without college because that's always the stigma that's floating around out there is, well, in order to do this or in order to do that, you need college, you gotta go to college. If you wanna go to head, you gotta go to college. If you wanna hit certain numbers, you gotta, no, that's totally false. And we're gonna look at several different stories here that just show how much of a, I mean, I don't wanna use the word lie because that, that's kind of a powerful word, but how deceiving, how misleading it is to always be shoving down people's throats. And I'm not talking about necessarily high school kids, but anybody. I mean, even if you're, you're, you're you know, 30s, 40s, like, well, I don't know, maybe I should go back to college because that's how I'll get ahead is go to, to go back to college. Not, not according to these stories uh, that we see. Um, and I love the first uh, line or the title is demand for skilled trade workers is on the rise. As many people celebrate Labor Day, so this article is from a couple weeks ago, today's workforce is facing a blue collar crisis. A shortage of skilled traders, workers looms. Some, are, some area residents who recently started working in skilled trades jobs said the salaries and benefits are better than many other jobs. Yet a number of these high paying jobs sits empty. So think about that. From a, I'm not gonna turn this into a boring economic discussion here, but when you have a shortage of something, that is good. That means that, oh, you can raise prices because there's a shortage of it. You know, If there's a shortage of apples, for example, well, that means that Apple's, you know, I'll raise prices because there's a shortage. There's not that many of them out there. So therefore, I can raise prices and people are still gonna be willing to pay because, well, there's a shortage. But that, that's a flip side too. As you as a person, if there's a shortage for something, then you can charge more. Charge more for what? Well, charge more for your time because that is what a job is. You are giving up your time in order to, to get something back. And in this case, money. So you are the person that is able to charge more because, well, as we just read, there is a shortage. So shortages, that's a great thing to take advantage of. Now, of course, sure, well, I gotta learn a trade. I don't, to me, I'd rather learn a trade where there's a shortage. Here's where there is not a shortage. Going to a college to get a degree and a PhD in Roman wooden sandals. Again, I'm pretty sure there's no job shortages in for those that have a degree in Roman wood sandals, you know, or in, I don't know, the, the, the history of pixie dust. I don't know, but the point here being, that's a great first spot to start in terms of, okay, how are we gonna get to that median number? How are we gonna get up to that 61,000 number? 
Well, let's start with the question, where are there shortages? Or another, or another way to look at that is, where is there demand for certain jobs, right? Because if there's a shortage, that means that people want it and there's just not enough people there to fill the demand that's there, hence the shortage. So you can kind of look at it from either a shortage perspective or a demand perspective. They're one and the same. That is a great first place to start. So let's go on with this article. Need grows for electricians. Electricians are among the skilled jobs with a rising need. The demand for electricians is projected to grow 9% according to the US Bureau of Labor Statistics. So when you're in, you know, learning a skill where demand is expected to not just stay the same, but to actually be growing and growing at 9%, that's a good place to be in. Sean Carey, 32. So here we go. This is not some high school kid. This is somebody, uh, I'm not gonna call it old, but you know, getting up there a little bit you know, in age. But Sean Carey, 32 of uh, Exeter, said he was working in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning industry when he decided to complete a five-year apprenticeship to become an electrician. With electricians being paid more than $70,000 a year, he thought it was a better living and he wanted to be part of a union. He completed his free educational training. Wait, what kind of training? Oh, free. So it's not like he had to go into massive debt in order to learn a skill. Nope, free educational training. Free to learn a skill that can yield up to $70,000 a year. And what was that median household income? 61. So far, I would say this is a pretty logical thought process that Sean is uh, pursuing here. So again, he completed his free educational training at the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, local number 163 Union Hall in Hanover Township, two nights a week and received pay on the job training during the day working for contractors 40 hours a week. He said his only expense were his books and tools. Wait a second. So all he had to buy was some tools and books and then his training was free, but on top of this, he was also getting paid to learn while he learned the skill. So it's free training, but not only is it free, he's getting paid to learn. He just had to pay for some tools and books. So let's say at most he had to spend $1,000 in tools and books. $1,000, that's, that's quite minimal. And can you think about just how much money he's actually yielding in return to that? Some quick math, you make $500 after spending 1,000, that would be known as a 50% return on investment. You've invested $1,000 into books and tools, and as soon as you get $500 back, well, there you go, there's a 50% return on your money. As soon as you get $1,000 back, there we go, that's a 100% return on your investment. Those are very, very solid investing numbers. So let's keep on going on with Sean. And he says, I quote, it was taking the next step for a better future, Kerry said. The pay and the benefits are better than most jobs. I'm doing a lot better than most with four year college degrees. Yes, you absolutely are. Now, if we're talking medicine, if we're talking engineering, if we're talking some of those degrees, maybe not as much, but I guarantee you, and no offense to English majors out there, but $70,000 compared to an English major that graduates with debt. Remember, there's no debt involved here. Yeah, I, I would say um, trade, electrician in this case, over an English major, philosophy major, stuff like that. I don't know, the numbers are suggesting that the trade thing isn't so bad, especially when you consider that $70,000 number and then keep in the back of your mind, the 61,000, or excuse me, um, I forgot what that number, so yeah, $61,372 number for you know that median income. 
So Kerry, so remember that's Sean. Sean Kerry finished his apprenticeship a year and a half ago, and he recently, and he has uh, was recently working as a foreman for a job for the Scranton Housing Authority. In my opinion, I would push for going into a trade over to college. There aren't many places where you get five years of education while getting paid for going to school. Exactly, and this is not unique to electricians. It happens in all the different types of trades out there. I know many people who have four-year college degrees and wind up in the trades because they couldn't find a job to pay for the amount of debt they put themselves in. It's a no-brainer. Sean, I fully agree. Let's look at this. Last year, the former St. Stalicious Catholic School in uh, Nanakoke was transformed into a training center for electrical apprentices. Training director John uh, Ned Donnelly said there are many opportunities for electricians and other skilled trades such as carpenters and plumbers. He said one of the best things about completing a five-year apprenticeship to become an electrician is it doesn't cost anything. Foremen and supervisors can make more than $100,000 a year. I wanna read that quote again. He said the one of the best things about completing a five-year apprenticeship to become an electrician is it doesn't cost anything. In fact, um, as the previous person in their story, they were getting paid while it all occurred. Sure, they had that little investment up front of books and tools, but other than that, it's just pure positive cash flow. And you know that's the name of the game. You wanna have that positive cash flow. From the same article, let's go into another uh, industry as far as trades are concerned. Eris Torres, 23 of Scranton. So here we go, here's a little bit younger. Loved working with cars as a kid. When he got older, he went to a community college in New York to study computer information systems. When he moved to the area, he decided to enroll in the two-year automotive program at a community college, and that was the cost, and then it says, you know, where the cost was lower than any other colleges he considered. So again, here is we're talking college, but just community college. And I know the stigma that community college has associated with it. It's like, oh, that's where kind of the rejects go, right? I mean, community college, no, I gotta go to, you know, some four-year university, I gotta, you know, no. Community college, that's kind of for the bums. Well, let's see how much of a bum this decision actually turned out to be. So he graduated uh, from the community college and quickly got a full-time job working as an automotive technician at Motor World on the Chrysler team. Motor World provided Tories with a $5,000 scholarship towards his education, and he started working at the car dealership while he was in school. So that's what shortages create. When there's job shortages, people have to figure out, how do I incentivize? How do I get people to actually come and do this job? So in this case, uh, you know, the, in the situation, they actually chucked $5,000 at them. And when it comes to community college, $5,000 goes a long, long ways. His initial job was moving and parking cars. Then he began practicing with the technicians and worked with them as an apprentice. As he got better at it, he was hired as a full-time automotive technician. And from there, um, you know, the, the, the essentially, and I'm not gonna read the whole article for, for you, but the sky's the limit. And, you know, it's it, it's one of those where you look at the numbers and it's, okay, yeah, there's that $61,000 number there. And the potential is there to not only get to that spot, but just to continue on up, you know, onwards and upwards, even past that number. I wanna look at one more story here. Again, a, a, another trade in another, uh, you know, technical um, area but one that's not requiring some sort of um, massive you know, 
investment into like a four-year university, for example. It's a, a situation where with a little bit of game plan, with a little bit of willing to uh, put in some hands-on skill, you know, some hands-on work, perhaps break a sweat, you'll see these numbers are um, pretty crazy. And it's one of these where it's not like, and I'm trying to think about how to phrase this because I don't want to just make it sound like this is towards younger people, but it's not like it takes a whole bunch of time either. So whether you're younger or whether you're older, it's not like, well, it's too late to start there because by the time I actually grow to that salary range, it's gonna be too late. No, as you'll see here, you know, increases can come pretty quick. And just so you know, I'm not like picking out these stories from 10 years ago or anything like that. This article was released on CNBC on September 3rd. So as of the recording of this, this was like a few weeks ago, but it's not like it was a few months ago and it certainly is not like it was a few years ago or anything like that. So the title of this article, College or $70,000 a Year? Aviation industry scrambles for mechanics as retirements loom. As the article starts off, the aviation industry needs to hire thousands of more people like Thomas Maharis. Maharis, recent high school graduate who lives with his family in Howard Beach section of Queens, is earning $25 an hour as an entry-level aircraft technician. In four overnight shifts a week at nearby John F. Kennedy International Airport, Maharis, so here we go, 19 years old, repairs aircraft cabins after planes are done flying for the day for Delta Airlines, where he started working in June. One recent task, cutting out fabric, fabric eye mask that got stuck in a seat track. His assignments vary depending on what breaks or how rough passengers are with the aircraft. There's plenty of stuff for people to do in the vents, he said. Airline manufacturers like Boeing, aircraft makers such as General Electric are racing to ensure a pipeline of technicians to fix and maintain their aircraft as a wave of current employees approach retirement. In July, Boeing, the world's largest aircraft manufacturer, forecast that avian, the aviation industry will need 754,000 new aircraft technicians over the next two decades. More than 80% of them for the growing commercial aviation sector. That's, that's, that's a shortage. That's called great job potential. That's called great job growth. The crunch comes amid a wave of retirements that's sweeping other corners of the industry like pilots. About 30% of aircraft mechanics are at or near retirement age and they're retiring faster than they're being replaced. Shortage, remember shortages, you, have all the, you hold all the cards, you have, you know, you can sit there and demand raises. You can sit there and say, no, that's not good enough. Pay me a little bit more. And because there's a shortage, you definitely have leverage. The Aviation Technical Education Council said in December, the average age of mechanic is 51. More than a quarter are older than 64s. So the next part is titled, The Next Generation. After a couple years of experience, so a couple years, if he started at 19, a couple years, we'll call it 21, Maharis can earn $35 an hour fixing the body of an airplane, which works out to about $72,000 a year. Let me go over the math here again. Remember, it already stated he started out at 19. After a couple of years of experience, that bumps him up to $35 an hour, and then you work out the math and $72,000 a year for a 21-year-old. Let's just say it takes him three years, so it puts him at 22. So here we are, somebody making $72,000 a year with no debt, because he, you know, he never went to any sort of college, and he's making 
72,000 a year when other people his same age are just graduating, loaded down in debt, and then like, okay, I gotta go find a job with this degree that I just loaded myself down in debt for. I don't know, the, the trades, it sounds pretty, pretty good. It sounds like a logical, it sounds like a valid decision. And what am I basing valid? What am I basing? How am I defining logical and valid? What's my reference point for that? Well, there's a reason I started off with that $61,000 number. That is the median. That is the middle income in the United States. So I think I'm making a logical, a valid statement and saying that if you can get to that number or beyond, then you're making some good, solid choices. And here is yet another um, you know, job, and I kind of say this one for last because it's pretty crazy that, you know, age, like I said, well, I'll give even more concerned. Let's just say by age 24, $72,000 a year. And that's just, you know, keep on rising, right? I mean, you get more experience and you can, you know, continue to build upon that. So think about that. That is pretty crazy. And that is where, you know, you can definitely take advantage of this shortage because the article goes on, and you know this headline says that college still rules. Companies are laying plans to refill pipelines as demand for airliners and the constant fixes they requ- require are growing. Meharis, who graduated in 2017, uh, you know, is, um, is an outlier at the biggest public aviation high school in the country as 80% of students go on to college. So here's a kid doing what 20, only 20% of people do. To keep that in reference, if you have 10 people sitting there, there is two people of those 10 that were like, yeah, I'm not gonna go to college. Hey, way to go against the grind. Um, I'd say you made a very, very good decision. And once more, this is not just me spouting off an opinion that's not grounded in anything. I am grounding it in the statistic of median, 61,000. And here we have somebody that could be up to 72,000 in a relatively short amount of time. And then there's the, the final part of this article says, not just airplanes. So for anybody that's saying, well, I don't, have, I don't work by any airplane places, I don't, okay, let's get that excuse thrown out of the way, because here we go, not just airplanes. Other industries are also turning to the school for a pipeline of workers, including Metropolitan Transportation Authority, which runs New York Subway and Commercial Rail, and even a Queens company that makes hot water boilers, said Jackson. So hot water boilers. And another part of the country, General Electric whose jet engines are among the world's most popular is scrambling to staff a plant in Lafayette, Indiana to keep up with demand for airliners around the world. Some of its models are sold out through the middle of next decade. So, I mean, think about that. These, these people have planes, these people have orders that are already sold for the middle of next decade. Talk about a backlog of, backlog of orders. Last year, some 400 engines came out of the factory, but it, went, but it wants to ramp that pace up to 1,800 in 2019. 400 to 18, there we go. There's that job growth potential. There's that job demand. There's that job safety. If you show up on work, if you listen, if you do your job, it's looking like you're gonna have a job, and not only are you gonna have a job, you're gonna just get you know, that much, uh, you're gonna have that much potential to grow. For the first time, GE recruiters went to, um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin air show in July to recruit for the plant in Lafayette. They need mechanics that are licensed by the FAA to work on engines, often a similar pool of candidates in which airlines are competing. Starting salaries are close to $27 an hour, and human resources manager Jamin Gullman says that he can get up to $37 an hour within four years. Four years. So think about that. You're in Indiana, which is 
I can, well, Clay, these people are getting paid in New York City and it's very expensive to, to live in New York City. No, this is an example coming in Indiana. And I grew up in Ohio, right next to in Indiana. I currently live in Michigan, right above Indiana. I assure you, Indiana is, is, pretty, is pretty solid when it comes to cost of living. It is by no means like Southern California real estate prices or New York City or anything like that. I mean, it's Indiana. And I can say that because I grew up in Ohio and now I live in Michigan. So think about that. They can get up to $37 an hour within four years. So if you start at age 18 and you're up at you know age 22, or let's say you start at age 20. So still by age 24, you're making $37 an hour which you know, as we already learned from the, the other numbers, that equates to right around the $72,000 a year mark. Think about that. 22, 23, 24-year-old with no debt making $72,000 a year in Indiana. That goes a long way. So not only are they crushing the statistics with the median being 61,000, they're crushing the statistics in an area where the cost of living is very, very low. So you know, the purchasing power of a dollar is gonna go uh, you know, a very, very long way. So yeah, where do you stand? The number to get to and then to eventually get beyond, 61,372. And that's household income. So think about that. I, I, I did, I'll be honest, this just dawned on me. Household income, so that means there's two people working. The average is 61,000, two people. So what we just talked about is one person beating two people. And how are they beating two people? By doing a trade and one decided to go to a community college. Oh, they went, what, a, what a loser, they have to go to community college. And now they're making more than the median of two people combined, right? Household income, think about that. So how do you get to that number? Find where the shortages are. Where are the shortages? In the trades, we talked about some mechanics, we talked about some people in the aviation industry, we talked about, and aviation not as you have to go to college, and then we talked about electricians, but as also came up, carpentry, plumbing. I can speak from experience because my, uh, my father-in-law was, he's retired now, which I guess serves the premise of where the shortage is coming from, but he was in tool and die making. Tool and die making, they are desperate for people, especially here in Michigan where you know we got all the auto, uh, kind of the auto capital of the world, if you will, uh, more so Detroit, but still the supply chain extends its fingers out and tool and die. I mean, they are fighting, clawing tooth and nail for people because of the shortages. Moral of the story, I don't wanna hear your excuses. Nobody wants to hear your excuses. On, oh, pff, well, I, 61,000 household income, that's, oh man, you know, the, the system's just, and I know you're not like this because you are still listening and we're almost a half an hour in, so I, I'm not talking to you per se. When I say you, I just mean kind of you and society as general that cramps college downs everybody's throats and then, oh, you gotta feel sorry for everybody. The youth of this country, you know, they're, they're loaded down in student loan debt and there's no jobs for anybody. Excuse me? Excuse me. Who's the one that's forcing college on everybody and thinking it's okay to get, let somebody go get you know, the, the Roman wooden shoe PhD or the pixie dust PhD, who's, I'm sorry, but maybe I'm just crusty. Maybe I'm just bitter. Maybe I'm just, I don't know what I am. Or maybe I'm just realistic. Maybe I'm just looking at the data that's out there and suggest, you know, maybe you should consider before going to college, let's ask ourselves where are the job shortages at? Because maybe that would be a good skill to learn. I'm not saying that if you enjoy Roman wood shoes that you can't pursue that as a hobby. But don't you think you could pursue that 
really efficiently as a hobby, if you were had a job that was making $72,000 a year, 70,000 a year, remember that's just you. Uh, imagine if you, you know, your significant other and you get together, maybe when you're dating, you're like, hey, let's, let's be smart about this. What can we both do? So let's just say you both only match the 61,000. That's $120,000 household income. I mean, think about that. With no debt, the sky is the limit. So think about things before you go. Maybe you're, should I, shouldn't I? I'm, you know, what, what path do I need to go down? Well, we went three down, where we went down three paths here and a good age range. So by no means is you have to do this in high school. I mean, the first guy, Sean, he was uh, 31 if I remember right. And he, he decided to make the change. Um, and now he's sounding like on his way to becoming a foreman, project manager, which as that article stated, those people are up over $100,000 once more. That's just for one job. The number of 61,000 is based on household income. So essentially two incomes coming together. So get out there, make it happen. Seek the job shortages. Well, I have family around the area. Totally fine. Seek the job shortages around whatever area. If you don't wanna move, I'm not saying you have to go move to you know Indiana or these places, but that's where it all starts. Where are the shortages at? And then what do you have to do to learn the skills that will put you competitive in that marketplace? And as you see, you will be well on your way to not only hitting that $61,000 number, but you'll, you'll definitely go above and beyond it. So get out there and start thinking logically and start seeking out those job shortages.